Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Dead with Kubale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia. Honest hump day. Wednesday, February 22nd. Happy Valentine's Day. Again. <laughs> it's like a Groundhog Day of Valentine's Day for the month of February. Just not needed. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day because it's every day, Alan. No. Valentine's Day is every day. <laughs> the only thing that's not every day is your birthday. Unless... Unless no, I don't you're, want it my birthday. Unless you're my day in September, then every it's day in like September is my birthday. All month long. It's a month long <laughs> celebration. Yes. But anyways, happy happy February 22nd, <laughs> a.k.a. of Valentine's Day again. Groundhog Day version of Valentine's Day. Anyways, I uh, hope everyone's having a good day. Don't forget this Saturday um, is the Aloha from Aloha Stadium. Your last chance to go and experience the... Aloha Stadium and all the memories and everything that were in there. I'll be over there later this morning for our kind of media day availability and hopefully get some more information and photos for all of you to kind of share in the experiences. And I was actually going through because I was trying to like clear up space in my phone and I was going through a lot of like old photos and obviously there's some from like pre-COVID time when we were still at Aloha Stadium. And man, all the memories of tailgating. That's like the only thing I'm going to miss because as we know, if the obviously next or this coming fall football, UH football will be on campus, but there's no tailgating and I miss it so much. That's like the only thing I love. I love it being in Manoa. One, it's a lot closer to where I live. So it's a really quick and cheap Uber for me to go to UH football games on Saturdays. But other than that, man, I miss like the tailgating so much and reminiscing on all of the, all of the awesome dishes that I would like go and visit people and like stop by and get to I mean you had everything out there I mean I remember like Kurt Osaki had the pig out there because he was with Murphy and they had like a sushi bar and then we have of course our friends Dara and Garrett and their tailgate was always like the best and they always had their one spot and they would have like different dishes all the time like their roast and just like I remember one time they had the whole like the Young's fish market, like spread of everything. And uh, yeah, I was going down memory lane yesterday. <laughs> I meant to clear out my phone, but I was just watching old videos of tailgating at Aloha Stadium and just thinking about it as I'm going to go there uh, again later this morning. So, and hopefully you guys get to go on Saturday. It, it's their morning free sessions are waitlist only, but there are tickets that are still available for their, I believe it's like 12 noon to 4 p.m. And then they have an evening session. So I'll probably also go on Saturday for like the the noon time because, of course, Saturday this Saturday is University of Hawaii Men's Basketball Senior Night. So stop by Aloha Stadium and then head over to Senior Night, which I've heard there have already been like around 8,000 tickets issued for this Saturday for the basketball game. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be loud. And it's against UC Irvine, which we love to hate them. So <laughs> it's going to be a pretty, and it's going to be darn fun good. Game. No, I know that's why. And then we just love to kind of heckle Russell Turner. So he's always fun. Russell too. Turner, <laughs> our good friend, Trent, Yeah, Trent Rush while he's doing the play by play. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun time. UC Irvine, of course they got to focus on tomorrow's game as well too, but it's, 
hard not to get excited about senior night, especially when you hear that it's either at 8,000 or close to 8,000 tickets issued so far. So pushing for that sellout. We'll see which it's against Irvine. So we don't know if Reiko or Rhonda's going to show up. I'd venture to say senior night. <laughs> I think it might be a mix of both. I think it That's might what be a, been it might lately. be a mix of both because it's UCI, but then I think it would be more Reiko just because it's a celebration for the seniors. Yeah, it just depends on. Although they aren't playing Santa Barbara since we already did that, but <laughs> Rhonda comes out whenever it's like gets crazy with the the refs and the players that like to dive and you know, get the calls and the, the players that watch too much of today's NBA and they just like to flop on the ground and get the calls. Then I get a little crazy. The, the LeBron worshipers. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. Anyways, uh, also coming up later today, stick around for Sharks Weekly featuring HPU baseball. So head coach Dane Fujinaka is going to join. Exactly. So here it'll be. <laughs> I wonder if Jeffrey Rich is going to ask him about his thoughts on how this weekend went. I'm so, sorry. Dane, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Only because I would share the same sentiment as you, how you were just frustrated with the city calling the game so early in the day on Saturday. And everybody, pretty much everybody else, we talked we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but pretty much everybody else, including high school, played that day. So it was only HPU baseball that their games got called off. So that just added to the frustration of not being able to go. And then, of course, we were out at softball. So if you're HPU baseball, you're like softball gets to play high school kids get to play everyone gets to play except us but you get to play you get to play you get to play yeah not you but it'll be good so stick around to hear more from coach dane fujinaka now in his second year with the program and and had a good start so far and again we talked it's just losing that momentum getting the games canceled throws off like your pitching rotation and just all these other things you have to deal with when it comes to baseball it's not like other sports you know like harder sports like soccer where oh alan's not really listening to me but <laughs> sorry i was uh whenever i see bob coolen pop up on my screen he draws my attention dude cracks me up no 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 what were you saying about soccer i did hear that though no i was like i was like you know it's not like baseball it throws up your ro- uh, rotation and yada yada it's not like harder sports you know like soccer where it's nice to have that extra rest take it easy there <laughs> <laughs> it's all about systems and it's all about you know staying within the ca- the the schedule and we don't like being thrown off we're yeah. very well baseball players are very superstitious also that's that's part of it too just our psyche we're superstitious so if we know we go every fifth day we want to go every fifth day you especially need, if there's a they, like that extra rest i'm just saying you barely run <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow, you guys know. You guys know I do love baseball. I just love to heckle Allen every once in a while just because we've played opposite sports. So it's, it's fun. But anyways, stick around for that coming up after this show. And also, don't forget, this Friday we will have the HPU baseball series or this Friday's doubleheader versus Biola. First game is at 2 p.m. with Kyle Galdera and hopefully Alan Mia on the broadcast as well. We are not we, yeah, We're not guaranteeing it, you know, because for all the, the, the million, six and a half, People that are fans of both Alan and myself are Alan Mia. We don't know for sure if he will be on the broadcast. It's been a rough three weeks. <laughs> just of the just, way it's been trending yeah. where he's had to miss two already to uh, one softball and one baseball broadcast. So uh, fingers crossed that Alan will be able to make it on Friday. 
<laughs> Fingers crossed the voice holds up, the, the sinus infections go away, and the, the food poisoning. Yeah, no no food poisoning from here on out. You should just eat like salad from now on or something. It was a rough Make your food extra hot. and <laughs> just, just, just bread. Plain white toast, please. Just bread. That's about it. All right. Um, it, was, it was kind of funny because yesterday I was talking about how XFL is going on. And, oh, you know, we can't even, like, it's good that they're doing this because can't really talk about the NFL draft just yet. It's a little early, yada, yada, yada. But then I stumble on Twitter and now I got to talk a little bit about the NFL draft because we've been saying, you know, they've been talking all about Bryce Young, quarterback for Alabama that's projected to go number one overall, which that's just assuming that the Chicago Bears are one, set on Justin Fields as their quarterback of the future and two, that they will indeed trade a couple spots back and someone like the Colts or the Texans, like trading up a few spots to get their quarterback. But so I saw this posted originally by or on Twitter by on three sports CBS Sports latest 2023 NFL mock draft has the number one overall pick going to the Indianapolis Colts via mock trade from the Chicago Bears, which a lot of people kind of anticipate will happen because the Colts desperately need a quarterback of the future Anthony Richardson quarterback from Florida exactly I would I made the same face Alan I, I was like who is this guy what so this is like all the way from like These the like, opposite th- side of the field and I'm like what is going on quarter these are like these reaches like you see in the draft. You're like, oh, where did this guy come out of? Because he had one good workout, blew all the scouts away. You waste the number one pick on this guy, and then all of a sudden he's like just an absolute bust. Like has this has the opportunity to set your franchise back. Like let's not waste it on people we don't even know who they are. But that's the thing. Like I get it. Like you said, but usually, you know, you'll see <clears throat> you'll see stuff like this happen in like the com- when the combine happens, but it hasn't happened yet. So you're like, where did this guy come from? They do have Bryce Young at number two going to the Texans, which I'm sure the Texans will be more than happy if Bryce Young would just magically, magically fall to yeah, them. They'll be stoked. D'Amico Ryans as a brand new head coach will be stoked as well. But I can't get over the fact that. So I don't know if you're a Colts fan that's listening. I suggest you. I, I just saw this this morning, so I didn't really get to look too much into like what is the research behind this guy. And obviously he's going to be a gamble. But supposedly he has some of the tools that he's, even though he's still a raw talent and might need time to develop, I don't know. But it was just interesting to see that of all players, I'm like, who is this guy? But Bryce Young, uh, Jalen Carter, the Georgia defensive lineman via the CBS Sports NFL mock draft is projected to go to the Arizona Cardinals, the Chicago Bears, where they would flip with Indianapolis would be they would go for Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama, which I don't mind. And the Carolina Panthers would go for the quarterback of Kentucky, Will Levis. What are you looking at? Uh, well, I was just good. Like, so now I went down the rabbit hole because I'm like, well, who the heck is Anthony Richardson? <laughs> don't you? No. Okay. And you're right. Because most people, like I saw other mock drafts and, and stuff, they're like projecting him first rounder, of course, but not yeah. to like the end of the first round or middle of the first round. How does CBS all of a sudden put this guy who's like sitting like 18th and below all the way to number one now? Like, I don't get it. (laughs) The draft is stupid. I'm just kidding. kidding. And that's the thing, right? Like, 
again, I, I literally just saw this pop up on my my Twitter feed. So I didn't really get to go through the back end research and do a lot of like look at the stats and kind of like his size and everything for this guy. But I just thought I would like let you okay. guys know that this is something that CBS Sports, you know, a quote unquote reputable sports media company like is throwing out there like it's not just your I don't know bar stool maybe which by the way that's coming up in our sports business segment a little later the rise of barstool sports as now Dave Portnoy is like worth or sold it officially for over 500 million dollars in total big money <laughs> yeah so Anthony Richardson he's a sophomore foregoing his remaining eligibility to declare for the draft didn't play in the this the Las Vegas Bowl um, against Oregon State this past year or this past season uh, to prepare for the draft. Six foot four, 232 pounds out of Gainesville, Florida. So home talent for the Florida Gators. Uh, here's his stats for, 2000, for 2022. He was uh, 176 of 327. So 176 completions out of 327 attempts. That's a completion rate of only 53.8%. He threw for 2,549 yards, averaging 7.8 yards per per pass, 17 TDs, 9 interceptions. Ooh. Yeah. What's his, try to scroll up, what's his size? 6'4", 232. Mm. I mean, he's got, he's got, don't get me right, he's got, he's got big size, but I don't know. I look at his stats and I'm not not trying to knock the guy. Like I get it. He's, he's big and he's probably strong and he's probably built like Tarzan, but but my Lord, you look at his stats. It doesn't jump out at you. Like, like, no, I'll tell you what is okay. I'm going to say this, but I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But when like, if it's just, let's take the name out of the, if you just saw these stats and you, and you saw position, didn't see a name face or anything. You just saw stats based on the position. You'd go garbage. 2021, 38 of 64, so he didn't even play that much. Six TDs, five interceptions. 2020, one of two, 50% completion of rate, of course. One TD, one interception. And this is the guy, this is the guy you're saying is number one? Oh, that's crazy. Like, there's no experience at all. But that's what I'm saying. Take the name, take the player out of it. And the school. And the school and the stats. You know, like if like if he played for Hawaii and you saw like the stats, you'd be like, wow, this kid just, you know, because it's a, yes. a known no, school. Exactly. Like, so you so you just look at the stats and you go like, oh, how's this guy? Num-? Like you look at it and you go, that's not even an NFL draft prospect. That's, so that's not even a D1 college prospect. I need to go down. The- I wish like this write up had a little more details. That- that's the rabbit hole I'm going to go down is like, who is the where did he come from? I don't know if some writer is just trying to because that's what writers like to do. They It's almost like clickbait. They want to like do something that stands out against the rest of the mock draft, which hey, I don't knock it. Like if you firmly believe in it and you really want to reach, then go for it. You know, I feel like that's the case for all like journalists and, and writers that they they can't always go towards the mold. But this is like. I think he's more crazy. It seems like he's he's a rushing. I I think he's a dual threat quarterback, which makes it probably enticing his size plus the ability to run. Yeah, I mean, Um, because you look at someone like Bryce Young, and the knock on him is his size, in that he's tiny. So that's kind of been. It's almost like the opposite. So then here, so here's how I look at it. Okay, you gauge him against the the competition he's played in. Well, maybe he's fared well against really good competition. You look at okay, what'd you do against Georgia? Uh, one TD, no, no, no touch. Uh, one TD, no interception. That's pretty good, but sacked three times. 
Uh, no, lot. that's not always. That's not. That's, that's not, not always on the quarterback. Yeah, that's not always. So I'm I'm okay with that. And then you look at like okay against Tamu, Texas A&M. Two sacks, two TDs, no interceptions. So then you go like okay, so he plays pretty well against some big yeah. boys. And then you like Florida State, three TDs, one interception, one sack, but he took L's. I, but you just look, but you look at the career stats and you go, how's this even an NFL prospect? I mean, NFL prospect. But I, I wish him understand. the best. If he's number one, I, I hope he does well and proves all the because yeah. there's going to be a lot of naysayers. I hope he does well and and, and proves them all wrong. Yeah. But you just look at the numbers and you go like, no, I, an- I think because he's played against that competition and his size, I I don't. It doesn't surprise me that he would be a later round just because quarterback is such a coveted position, especially like I said, with someone with that size and can a be flyer. a dual threat, a dual threat. But to be number one overall. Is like whoa. Who, I will, is, I will, who are you, CBS? But I will say this though on number ones, because then you look at the number ones and you go like they're they're stat based, right? Not really translating to the next levels, but they're stat based. That's why you take them number one, and maybe they practice well and and have a good combine, whatever. This guy is a flyer though, meaning like this is the guy you take a flyer on. I don't know if you necessarily burn the number one pick on him. Exactly. All right. So here's here's the actual. C- so I was referencing oh, the CBS one. So here's the one. This is by Chris Trapasso. <laughs> that uh, name sounds familiar. Uh, so his well. <laughs> his mock draft. He says so. He has Anthony Richardson, six four, two thirty two, sophomore quarterback out of Florida, uh, prospect ranked six, position ranked third. He says, I think Richardson is going to empathetically remove the lid from Lucas Oil Stadium at the NFL Combine. That will lead to the Colts taking a chance on him, given the hiring of former Eagles Shane Steichen as head coach. Richardson has similarities to Jalen Hurts and all pro upside. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a big comparison. Anyway, whoa. Wow, way past the clock. We'll continue this conversation when we come back on Wake Up in the Den. To wake up in the den, Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia, talking about this upcoming NFL draft. I mean, it's really early, but if you kind of missed uh, the first part of the show, it's only because I got thrown off seeing a tweet about a mock draft via CBS Sports and writer Chris Trapasso that he has projected the going number one overall in this year's draft to the Indianapolis Colts via the Chicago Bears would be sophomore quarterback out of Florida, Anthony Richardson, 6'4", 232. Again, he just feels like he will do good and amaze people in the NFL Combine. So that's kind of his only reasoning he's going through because Allen was going down some of his stats and they're really not that impressive. His size is impressive, but just his pure stats when he was at Florida. Granted, he did play against very good competition, but still, it doesn't jump out at you. But apparently, uh, this projection has him doing very well in the NFL Combine. That the Colts so well that the Colts will take a chance on him, and with their new head coach and former Eagles Shane coach Shane Steichen, Richardson has similarities. This is the part that kind of threw Allen and I off right before we cut to break. Is that he has similarities? This is according to this writer similarities to Jalen Hurts and all pro upside, which to me, I'm still like, 
wow, how do you make that comparison for someone that is only a sophomore uh, and didn't do that well, didn't get a lot of wins out there in Florida, but you're going to put all of that. And hey, like I said, I give I do give kudos to writers that are going to go out on the limb and do this. And it gives us something to talk about. I think this is clickbait. <laughs> but yeah, you're like, I still don't understand. And don't get me wrong. Like, Alan and I, I obviously, we know enough about football to like hold our own. But I think this I, is I don't know. Maybe we're missing something. Like maybe there are like, you know, people that cover football, college football, full time, full time. And we'll see this better but just from the pure standpoint I mean I do like the fact and I really hope it's true that the Bears obviously are going to trade around that first number one overall pick because we were kind of talking about it during the break that there is none of these quarterbacks like I'm still not completely sold as a Bears fan I'm not completely sold yet on Justin Fields but granted it's because I just think the organization hasn't used him well and now there's just this change happening from top to bottom. So I'm still keeping an open mind. He's so I'm not completely sold like, oh my gosh, this guy is like our quarterback. Like he's so good. He's gonna be here forever. I hope he retires a bear. I don't know. I'm not there yet. But at the same time, these quarterbacks that are in this year's draft isn't any worth taking a chance of kind of pushing Justin Fields to the side, using that overall number one overall pick to get someone like a Bryce Young where you can trade back and get where they're projected, which I like. Will Anderson Jr., who's an edge rusher out of Alabama, which they need on top of other things. So that's why I like the Bears hopefully doing that and trading either with the Texans or the Colts or even the Cardinals because, I mean, it doesn't even seem like they're Kyler Murray and they, they don't really have the best relationship either over there in Arizona. So any of those teams could get a quarterback. But Anthony Richardson is projected to go to the Colts. Bryce Young to the Texans, which I'm sure they would be very happy with over there. Jalen Carter, defensive lineman out of Georgia to the Arizona Cardinals. And then the Bears, as I mentioned, Will Anderson, edge rusher uh, to the Carolina Panthers via a mock trade with the Seattle Seahawks. They would draft Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. And this is another one I like, too. It's the Detroit Lions pick via the L.A. Rams. Devin Witherspoon, a corner out of Illinois, six foot one eighty. Not like the biggest corner that you would want, but man, that would be interesting to deal with the Lions and they're loading up. They're gonna have like a better defense than the Bears. Gosh darn it! Let, let it be known though that that first round sixth pick for the Detroit Lions, that's essentially a Super Bowl for the Rams. That that you you traded the sixth the sixth overall pick for the Super Bowl. I think it's well. I, I think oh, yeah. at, at the in the moment's time. That trade was worth every second of it. Right now, because the Rams were so bad last year, you're going like, wish they had that draft pick because there are some glaring holes in that yeah. in that team. But I think it was worth every penny. The thing I don't get, though, uh, the thing that I'm kind of like, as I was reading this along with you, um, the, the the trade, right, between the Colts and the, and, the, and the Bears in this mock draft, this mock trade, it's the Colts gave up picks, uh, their first-round pick, their second and fourth round pick, along with the 2024 first round pick and third round pick, plus a 2025 second round choice. I get that that's a lot of picks for a flyer, for one, if you're the Colts taking Anthony Richardson. But more importantly, I just think in this draft class, no offense to this draft class, I don't know if if that first round pick is worth that many picks. I so I just don't I don't see it. I don't see it happening. 
I mean, you're talking seven picks. Nah, it's still the number one overall pick, though. You're like any year. No, I, the I, class I, I, junk I, I get that because you get all the but power. You're, you're, you can have the choice that you want. Anybody that you want, you could take a kicker if you want. That'd be funny. Yeah, but I, I'd actually, I'd actually applaud that and be like, that that takes some serious goal. Like that, that takes some serious <laughs> cojones. I'm just I think saying. they would be fired. Yeah, it'd be like draft day. You did what? Oh, yeah, kicker. <laughs> But but I'm I'm just saying in this draft class I I just I don't know if I'm the Colts mortgaging the future for Anthony Richardson you know what I mean yeah for because I, I do that's think essentially you, I do think you let I do think you do it for a quarterback though like I do think I think you it's would a smart choice for the Colts to trade up for I, I, sure I, I think so too but just but not yeah. this not this draft class for that I, you're not mortgaging your future as they said in, in the movie Draft Day because you're giving up again your your first second and fourth this year you're First round next year, third round next year, and then the following year, a second round. That's your future right there. All in one fell swoop for a, for a flyer, nonetheless, even if it is Bryce Young. Is Bryce Young worth the future? Maybe they'll still be junk in like a couple of years, and then they can take their chance on like Arch Manning or Ian Maliava or something. <laughs> But see, yeah, those I didn't two, think he was that good. Because those two guys, those two guys are only going to go into college this year, so they're going to play at least another couple of years and won't come out. I thought the, guy, the draft to. I think the guy on Team Makai was better. It's the Polynesian Bowl. Bruh, dude you're was not dropping, taking it seriously. Dude was dropping dimes. Yeah, but the, you're not. That's no. You can't count the Polynesian Bowl. Don't like. I'm they're, just they're, saying. I mean, half of them are like kind of their families are here on vacation. You can't play an entire season and be the number one projected player in Iamaleava and then like. Oh, the Polynesian Bowl, and you're like, yeah, he's not that good. He was playing against his competition. I don't know. Some boys out there were taking that game very serious because well, there was yeah. almost a couple fights. Well, yeah, because some of them need to because they still need to get noticed. But other players, like like the number one quarterback in this class, already has like his sweet offer going there to Tennessee. So he's just chilling. Like, I don't want to get hurt. I'm just going to like have I'm fun. I'm just saying, accuracy-wise, he was not there. Yeah. I wouldn't take Polynesian Bowl seriously when it comes. Not I don't know. Sense. I would like. Well, I, I'm, I think I'm that... looking at like I'm just accuracy. Not, not. I'm not talking about like running. Whatever. I know you're not going full yeah. speed on that. Or, but getting out of the pocket. Some, some dudes are trying to come at you. You're gonna get out the pocket. But, mm. but I'm talking about accuracy. Like other guys were pinpoint. I don't care if you're if you're fooling around or not. Those guys because they're all gonna be that way because they all got all all the quarterbacks had offers and have signed. They don't want to get injured. There was two injuries in that game. But what I'm saying is like accuracy, dropping dimes, it wasn't it for me. I would not even count that. Like he wasn't even in the ballpark. I would not even count that. You can't, you can't like all of a sudden Nick's like him going to Tennessee and being the number one recruit in this class I over, say, I over Arch Manning. I'm just saying for what I saw though, Yeah, I, know. I wasn't impressed. And I'm like, you can't count it on. Arch Manning I think is going to be a stud. Arch Manning wasn't in the Polynesian Bowl. No, I know. I'm just saying, though. <laughs> Based on other things? I mean, I'm like, I don't think you could. I'm just saying. <laughs> the guy I saw on Team Akai, that that kid, I thought was like, he. Now, you talk about a big quarterback. Well, probably built, too, like, though. And he's a lot more built than. Yeah, but probably too. Like, he's probably got a chip on his shoulder. Like, oh, everyone's talking about that quarterback. Like, I want to show everyone that I am, like, really good, too. So he's trying a little harder. I don't <laughs> like, know. You're just cruising. <laughs> I don't know. I like the kid. That's good. 
but I'm like, I'm like, that's cute. Well, you should bolt. <laughs> All right. When we come back, but anyways, well, obviously we'll follow. Like this is an interesting projection. By the way, final thing though on this uh, that I thought was interesting: a mock trade via the Atlanta Falcons at that number one or number not number one, number eighth overall pick to the Baltimore Ravens would be quarterback C.J. Stroud, which means this person, uh, Chris Trapasso, projects that they will be moving on from. Lamar Jackson. Bum, bum, bum. Possibly. Or to just put him behind him. I don't know. Anyways, when we come back, we're going to switch gears to sports business and tell you all about how Barstool went from just your little newspaper to being sold for over $500 million. Next on Wake Up in the Den. Stop what we're doing Because I got to tell you now what's on my mind We've been at this for some time And I just want to know If your heart is feeling just as strong as mine Cause even though we got some years in this It's always brand new to me Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alan Mia, who is still, I guess, once amongst the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. Even it's only because I'm back. Yeah, even though he's kind of like hasn't been there at the broadcast, but it's oh, cool. Oh, <laughs> I've been letting you down. Yeah, even though he's like called in sick last minute, you know, but I mean, fortunately, we have Paul Breck now, so... Paul likes he's good at filling in last minute so thank you Paul yeah I appreciate if it not Alan would axe axe from the roster <laughs> axe on the roster how, how come he got axe his damn sinuses <laughs> dang, dang sinuses and then what he said was food poisoning but I don't know <laughs> I, I'll tell you what my stomach is a lot better today <laughs> All right, yeah. Then speaking of though, uh, Paul's out there at the DSC Hawaii Esports Arena at HPU's Aloha Tower Marketplace campus because coming up after the show, we have HPU Sharks Weekly featuring baseball. So head coach Dane Fujinaka will join the show and talk a little bit about just the start of the season and, and now that he's headed or this is the second year for him at HPU, and we definitely expect big. Things, and we will have their doubleheader, uh, their doubleheader against Biola this Friday. First game starts at 2 p.m. and then second game uh, probably around like six ish. It depends on the sun out there. So we're out at Corp Four and it faces the Waianae Mountains. And so depending on how the sun sets, it's like the ultimate like batter's eye. It's like the sun is right there out in center field. So that's how they have to time on when the second game um, will start. So it's last time it started at 6.15. So it's like almost like an, an hour after the completion of the first game. Just because of, yeah, talk about batter's eye. You know, it's not about like anything white being out there. It's like the literal sun that's going to be in your face. <laughs> like <laughs> That's why they should build something out there, like a like a bigger wall, just so you mm. can you can get a little bit more um, time in there, or a little bit. It, it'll create a situation where because you have a high wall back there, yeah. essentially a pitcher's eye, 
it, it'll help with the sun and the glare at a certain point so you can get that game in a little bit sooner. Yeah. But I, no matter what you do, it's not really going to work because it's always going to be in your eyesight. And then the it's going to like change. Well, yeah. I guess during this season, it'll stay relatively the same and set at the same time. But you'll 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 see when you get out there on Friday, Alan. You'll be like, oh yeah, uh, yeah. that'll be really fun for a batter to yeah. like, try Core to. Four, I'm used to that field. We used to play on it all the time, and I, I know exactly what you're talking about. When I was coaching, also, we'd play games out there, and it'd be like, yeah, we're gonna have to like kind of like just pause this game for a second here, let yeah. that sun because it gets dangerous. Oh you yeah, you can't see a ball coming at you. Uh uh-uh. uh, I'm good on that. And then you're just like blinded and. Probably, yeah, no, too scary. Anyways, so getting into our sports business for today, uh, if if anyone's not familiar, because it's still as big as a brand that it is, it's not like a common brand because they are mostly digital. So Barstool Sports is kind of like we were talking about, you know, like the XFL, Savannah Banana. I feel like Barstool Sports is basically like that version, like how Savannah Banana is to traditional baseball barstool sports is kind of built its brand its sports brand almost kind of being like the offshoot of like your traditional like your you know cbs sports fox sports espn where they have a little more fun get a little more push the edge a little more are very non-pc in that and they've built this huge fan base so pen entertainment which actually has they have other brands and they even have like some like they run the M Resort and Casino out in Vegas, which I've been to. It's kind of far off the strip, but they have a really good buffet, which is why I went there. Um, They have that. They have like Margaritaville is one of their brands. They have a bunch of like small retail brands and like the casino business. Oh, they also have their other media company is The Score, if anyone has heard of that as well. So that's kind of their background and they have some online gaming as well in hollywoodcasino.com and my choice casino so they are very much online in that gambling space as well so that's kind of the backstory with pen entertainment but they have officially completed its acquisition of barstool sports and now owns 100 percent of the brand uh, the company paid $163 million for a 36% stake in 2020 and recently exercised its options to purchase the remaining 64% that they didn't already own for $388 million. So they paid $551 million for complete control of Barstool Sports, which is crazy considering, I mean, we talked about like I said, I bring up Savannah Banana and starting from like the humble beginnings and you have someone like Dave Portnoy who, you know, he's not exactly everyone's cup of tea, but <laughs> he's a Bostonian nonetheless. So they're a large media company now in his mid 20s. He left his consulting job in 2003 to start Barstool Sports out of his Boston home. The initial idea was to create a newspaper that provided news and advice on fantasy sports and gambling. So this is 2003 before, you know, there were during the time where there's still like this stigma against, you know, gambling and I, I'm fantasy sports, not too much, but definitely gambling. So he, he branded the company and his mission statement was for the common man by the common man. Uh, the newspaper started out black and white and eventually upgraded to color. 
Portnoy purchased 100 news racks or containers that he placed in Boston subway stations and he hand delivered newspapers from the back of his Chevrolet Astro van. Gosh, a Chevy Astro. Talk about old school. So he wrote the newspaper himself, uh, signed off under pseudonyms to make the paper seem bigger than the company than the company was. Also inserted fake ads of big companies to try and get their competitors to advertise in the paper. And he spent four years building a loyal fan base in Boston strictly as a print-only publication. That's crazy. I'm going to put, I'm going to almost like give free advertising to these brands just so I can get their competitors to buy, like legitimately buy. I think there are now rules against that. (laughs) Thanks to Dave Portnoy, probably. Uh, But they, so Barstool shifted to online content in 2007. And as we know, the internet changes everything and that's what it did. Uh, after that, after they launched the blog, they moved from Boston to New York, and then they built a website. And then, so Dave Portnoy started hiring outside bloggers to kind of expand from Boston. He hired someone in Chicago, in New York, in 2009, and then a couple of the guys are still with the company today. And then they started making a little bit of money, and money changes everything. In 2016 is when the big change came and TCG, the churn-in group, purchased a 51% stake in Barstool Sports. The deal reportedly valued the company at, at that time, just 10 to 15 million. And just their investors joined as the board of directors. But it's like crazy. How do you start from 2007 and then now you work your way up all the way up until this? (laughs) Like reading through all this sports, the this stuff with Barstool, I'm like how he went because I I feel like I've been following Barstool from for a while. I kind of don't like their recent stuff. I since have I think I've unfollowed them on Instagram actually because it was just kind of getting annoying. Like their podcast that they're put on now, it's just very like I enjoy which podcast I know because I know he just canceled he canceled his Dave Portnoy that is. No, I because I enjoyed their off brand. They're more entertainment focused in sports. You know, you guys, you guys know me. I like to have a lot of fun. I'm, I don't take myself too seriously. So I really did like their their content and stuff. But then then they started kind of in their effort, I guess, to expand. They kind of started to. It got a little weird for me. Yeah, like just very. uh risque in the non-sports way type of podcast is like the best way I can describe it without fully describing what it is on there so I had to like unfollow them on Instagram but I I kind of enjoyed it up until maybe like two years ago is like probably the peak of like I love Barstool Sports I thought it was like the greatest idea ever Uh, but I mean clearly they still love it the brand has done major things and to the point that they're just generating all this revenue so they were doing just a few million in revenue when tcg acquired that majority stake in 2016 but fast forward to 2019 just three years after that initial investment and barstool was doing 100 million dollars in revenue and not fake ads in real revenue and they are also now profitable which is huge because a lot of times companies it's like yeah we have all this revenue but when you look at the operating you know value you're like "Eh, yeah it doesn't really matter (laughs) and so it made it significantly more diverse than before (laughs) <laughs> so they're generating a 100 million dollars in annual revenue 
and their valuation history has gone from 10 to 15 million in 2016 to now here we are today 551 million dollars in 2023 and Dave Portnoy is just sitting pretty now doesn't have to work again in his life if he doesn't want to and it by all indications it's not like he's it doesn't seem like he's staying on like a Dana White to kind of manage the company anymore so he's why would you yeah and it's funny because he's been like tweeting some funny stuff like oh what do you do you I think what do you do when you're retired but only like 38 tweets was um when you have 500 million dollars I think he said what do you hire first a private chef uh like a personal trainer and something else I'm like jeez but he does also his twitter profile like his profile picture has like a it says Almost like in a matrix looking font, like the black background and the green and kind of like that digitized. It says March 1st or March 1. Oh, like, a new venture hmm, coming out. Maybe. So I don't know. I just thought this was an interesting story to bring up because, again, it's just about changing the game. Someone starting one of those stories about just starting from see March and his, 1st. No, and his bio says March 1st, big announcement. Oh, so maybe he's not done working. He just wants to do something else now but uh yeah he again especially for hawaii people he's dave porno isn't exactly everyone's cup of tea because he is probably like bostonian through and through but you know what can knock the game man (laughs) from just his print paper and now sold the entire company for over 500 million dollars in barstool sports and for Penn's advantage they last thing before we have to step aside that for Penn entertainment like i said they do have casinos so the operator um they still believe because barstool is so big obviously they're going to have it and get into the gaming space that they believe that they the barstool company can compete with FanDuel, DraftKings, and BetMGM. So you can expect to see Barstool, the brand anyways, obviously not run by Dave Portnoy anymore, but the brand itself, we'll see where it is in a couple of years and see if it gets up to that level of all those big gaming companies. So we'll leave it at that. We'll be back to wrap it up here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Wake up in the Dan Kule, Agbayani, Alan Mia on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Don't forget, stick around. Coming up after this show, you can hear Sharks Weekly live from the DSD Hawaii Esports Arena at HPU's ATM campus. And the show today will feature HPU baseball with head coach Dane Fujinaka. So obviously very popular program for HPU and a lot of supporters. So be sure you stick around and hear from Coach Dane and how the beginning of the season has been so far and how they the team refocuses now after having so many games canceled right at the beginning and hoping that the weather holds up and we'll be able to play this weekend all right we were talking about the barstool acquisition but a couple more things now that i kind of read through my notes again about just the company overview so their annual revenue as we mentioned is two just about 200 million dollars 500 employees the audience size is 200 million social media followers They have 100 shows, including podcasts and live events, pay-per-view events as well. 
They do have some sports books already in 15 states. So that's the interesting part as we say that Penn Entertainment is investing and has sole ownership of the company because they expect it to eventually catch up to big sports book companies like FanDuel, DraftKings, and BetMGM. But they in the second half of 2022, it says Barstool Sportsbook controlled just 5% of the market in states that report sports betting figures by sportsbooks. Uh, inve- obviously, investors aren't too thrilled. Penn stock is down more than 30% over the last year compared to a 7% gain for DraftKings, which I own stock in DraftKings, actually. <laughs> I actually have DraftKings and... MGM. So you know where your girl's head is at when it comes to some of the stock market stuff. So I have some stocks in, like I said, DraftKings and MGM. And it's actually, it's not, it's nothing crazy, but it's not operating at a loss, at least when I got it. Uh, So the few years, obviously their relationship has gone up and down. But this is the, the key thing in here though, is about where bar stools, this is where audience is key, right? And like about getting advertisers and who is your target audience. And you're always trying to, in business, you're trying to go for like that, they say the 35 to 54 market because that's who has the money. Like that's where you advertisers want to advertise because they want people to spend money with their brands. So bar stool. And again, because they did switch a lot of their content, which someone like myself, even though I'm 25, I've kind of <laughs> switched over. But so they cater to a younger audience that likes to uh, frequently bet parlays at disadvantageous odds. So this enabled Barstool to hold 11% in 2021, which means Barstool won 11 cents on every dollar wagered which is significantly higher than the standard 5 to 7% you'll find at other sports books like FanDuel or DraftKings. But these younger bettors also traditionally have smaller wallets and they could run out of money and churn much faster than the industry standard. So that's what kind of the business and the market will watch from now on. But I don't know. Now that Penn Entertainment, that might be another one. Now I got to go look at my stock markets <laughs> always got to get it when it's going down and then maybe if you're going to like i always say sports betting is just like on the stock market it's just legal with the stock market and everywhere you can go you can go on your phone and take a chance and now that it's at a low i don't know like i said i've seen my DraftKings stock go up a lot and mgm just a little bit i also what is another fun one i have oh i have stocks in f1 <laughs> that's why every time i think even my dad is like where what stocks do you have i'm like dad my my portfolio has no like i have rhyme no, or reason yeah i have no like because i do it more for i for fun and just to put away some money somehow could you just put it in and leave it there and watch it go up and down like i'm not i'm not doing what the whole height of robin hood was like you you literally put it in as a gamble where you're like and once it goes up and you're like cashing out i put it in there just so basically I don't spend it. It's money, it's excess, you know, income I have and I'm like, "Oh, I'm just going to put it in the stock market and just let it sit there for years and I just watch it go down and I'm like, "Well, I would have spent it anyways if it was in my own pocket." <laughs> yeah. So, we're doing all right. Yeah, so that The only difference is it grows on its own. Exactly. <laughs> or it or it doesn't. Or it doesn't. Yeah. Depends what on I, who's in office. Actually, the first stock I ever bought 
is probably my most like that valuable in terms of in terms of like what I bought it for. It's actually Shake Shack. <laughs> Even though we have that argument, maybe that's why I push it so hard over in and out. That's why I'm, I'm a shareholder in Shake Shack, by the way. And it has been like my best stock so far. It's like return the most. But at the same time, again, I just leave it in there. I don't cash it out. Obviously, it took a big dip during the pandemic, but it has since pretty much bounced back. Um, so that's a little look at my portfolio. Again, I like cheeseburgers. I liked F1, um, the sports books things. I got DraftKings, MGM. Yeah. I don't know. I have no rhyme or reason. You said it best, Alan. Like, I don't have any reasoning as to, I mean, I have some of my own reasoning in my head, but just like some of my game picks, don't follow my picks in the stock market because I will not give you like an educated um, reasoning like you could get from an actual financial professional. But yeah, that's a little insight into trust me, a some of my stocks. Trust me, a professional financial advisor would not be uh, <laughs> be on board with what I'm doing in the stock market. All right, Sharks Weekly up next. For Alamia, I'm Kule Ogbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.